Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DubLab during our 2019 membership drive. If DubLab has helped you in making your days and nights more magical, please consider supporting our inclusive and passion-fueled organization by becoming a member today. For more information, please head over to dublab.com slash support. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a Dublab podcast where each week we will bring you interviews from the Dublab radio archives. Lab Radio, indeed. My name is Frosty. The program is Celsius Drop, and we are in the midst of our annual membership drive. So I uh, just want to give you a little pep talk at the top of the show. 20 years strong, 20 years of sharing music that knows no bounds. We do it each and every day for you here in Los Angeles, as well as through our sister stations in Germany, Spain, Japan, and now Brazil. Dublab is worldwide, nonprofit, listener powered. So please, you are a listener. Why not help power us? Uh, just a, a little reminder: if you're if you're paying for any sort of uh, media streaming service or um, any other kind of monthly uh, uh, little blip that gets uh, sucked out of your bank account, make us a blip. It's easy. It's quick. It's painless. I donate every month to Dublab. Don't ask me what day of the month it happens because it just flows out and it's uh, it's a pretty small amount, but it builds up to a major impact for Dublab. So visit dublab.com right now. You'll see all of the goodness available. We give back to you not only in the music, um, the thoughtful commentary, the events, and on and on and on, but also you get some incredible thank you gifts. So visit dublab.com, become a member, and uh, that is the most impactful way to support Dublab. Building a member base is really important for us, and it shows that um, that this is a, a mission that many people are behind. That's the truth, and we are speaking power to that truth. So let's do it. Speaking of speaking of speaking of speaking truth and power, love, light, delight. We have uh, one of my favorite humans here, right here in the studio, Linnell George. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Mark? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you uh, you braved one of these rare L.A. Uh, rainy days to uh, make your way to the studio. May rain. <laughs> and we're thankful for that. Um, you know, and, and all of us optimists out here can uh, look forward to these uh, flowers and blossoms that are going to come in this uh, desert landscape. Um, speaking of a desert landscape in Los Angeles, uh, how long have you been in L.A.? You're not an L.A. native, right? I actually am a you, native. So what is the connection to New Orleans? This well, is a deep family connection, <laughs> I'm guessing. It is. It's a very deep family connection. And uh, my mother is from New Orleans, and I started going to New Orleans at a very, very young ah. age. So I 
feel in certain ways, I can claim both. (laughs) That's good. Connecting to heritage and also having another space that's inspiring. I mean, I see um, through social media and talking to you and, and, and just kind of absorbing what you're up to. That's an important place to you. Um, as a Los Angeles native, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, Los Angeles, I think some of the myths are being dispelled in in recent years as people start to discover the the real joys of Mm -hmm. LA. Some of those joys are so deep below the surface and, Mm -hmm. and exploration pays off Mm -hmm. for you as a native. What is the kind of, uh, uh, the, the elements that rise to the top for Los Angeles that Mm -hmm. keep you here? Are there some kind of main attractions? Um, Number one, um, it's people because for me, people is place, or, mm-hmm. you know, and people are place. Yeah. Um, and getting to know place through in neighborhoods at that neighborhood level. Mm-hmm. And so otherwise we would stay in our tiny little squares. So when I think about that, I think about the adventure of, well, I love space and I love the different terrain mm-hmm. that exist in Los Angeles. So that whole beach to hills, you know, to, you know, beach to mountains, um, thing I, I love and I love big water, you know, so the, I like to go look at the Pacific. I'm not like hanging out at the beach, you know, to like, you know, be on the sand and in the sun, Mm -hmm. but I really like being at the edge of everything. And it's, it's very inspiring. And also to be up in the hills, I'm, I'm, you know, up in Griffith park or Altadena, um, hiking, pretty much two or three times a week, every mm-hmm. week. And I love looking at that and yeah. kind of taking it all in. It's a, it's a very urban place, but a very natural exactly, place. Exactly, exactly. And even the, the mixtures of the two, you know, in the Los Angeles River to go down there in this wabi-sabi yes. kind of beauty exactly. of this space where you see a great blue heron next to a submerged shopping cart. It's, it's like, true. it's really wild. If you look through a little pinhole, there's like this great wilderness within it's fantastic. the city. Have you, has it always been natural for you to articulate that feeling and connection to place and space and people through writing? Because you're, you're a writer and you're very talented one at that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think I started at first writing almost in reaction to the fact that I didn't see my city in movies. I didn't see Mm. it in books I was reading. I mean, there are all kinds of books about LA that I grew up with and most of them focused on Hollywood or Beverly Hills or, you know, I I think about when Lesson Zero came out and it was like, everyone thought that's what LA was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, it's not. There are other things. And, and I think I started writing to fill in those spaces and write Mm -hmm. about personal experiences and my friends and my landscapes. Again, people, people are place. Um, And um, actually in sort of like this, this magical quality of LA where you just turn a corner and there's something hidden there and it demands it demands, LA demands something of you. It demands yeah. your participation. I love that you say you weren't seeing your city in in, in media. It's funny, you see Los Angeles, but, mm-hmm. but you're right. I think what you're saying is the actual reality of exactly. the space and the dynamics of it. and The day-to-day. The micro-neighborhood and, exactly. and the overlap of Los Angeles is really incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Google Maps and Waze and, and be, just because... 
through these algorithms and satellites saying, well, this is a faster route. You're, you're then moving through unexpected channels and mm-hmm. courses of Los Angeles. And I found I've discovered these micro neighborhood kind of spaces exactly. that are incredible. It, it's a city that, that seems infinite. Um, and you do articulate it so well in your writing. I, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to, uh, to your most uh, recent collection of essays and photos after image. Los Angeles outside the frame, which is incredible. Um, and, uh, that's, that's something that people can seek out. That's, that's your most recent book. Um, and there's more, we'll talk about it. Music is also very important to you. Um, you wrote a really, uh, we, we were able to print a really wonderful essay that you wrote in, we have this radio zine that we put out and I just love this, uh, this essay about connection to radio and music and, and through our work together in the past, you're someone who you're connecting not only, uh, people and places and spaces and writing and words, but also sounds Mm -hmm. too. Um, has that always also been a part of your, your connection and the way that you identify, Mm -hmm. you know, a sense memory or something? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in a house full of music. My mother, was a musician, was the reason she came to L.A. was to study music. Um, hmm. She had studied music in New Orleans, uh, got a uh, scholarship to come out here to study. So I, she played piano. Uh, I played piano. My brother is a musician. Um, and uh, it just, it was, my mom played music all the time. It was in the car. We would go to record stores. As much as we would go to the library, you know, Amazing. like to check out our books, we'd also go to, you know, the neighborhood record stores. And was there a favorite record store? And is that record store still around? It's not there uh, anymore. There was one we used to go to called Westchester Music, and mm. it did. they did LPs as well as... Um, they had sheet music and um, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, we could go and take care of our the stuff for our school. And yeah. then we could go and buy uh, our records. And Business or pleasure? Yes, both. exactly. Both. We could hit both at once. Um, but that place was a, that was a great store. And, um, and Tower, uh, Tower Sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renee's, when I got older, on Melrose. And Aaron's, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, those are places I lived you know, as a kid and saved my lunch money to buy records. So, which my mother found out later and she said, why didn't you just ask me? <laughs> you know, you it's know. good to, to extra. Extra, exactly. So uh, we're, we're going to dive into some some music and some, some words and more. Um, we've got a Sly and the Family Stone tune queued up. Do you want to comment on why you selected this if i could have a theme song when i walked in the room it would be this one i never tire listening to this song and usually i can't listen to it once Mm. i have to listen to it about 10 times (laughs) on repeat it's just the funkiest sexiest beat i just Yeah. yeah Well, we invite uh, all of you listeners to walk in, walk out of whatever room <laughs> you might be in. This is uh, If You Want Me to Stay by Sly and the Family Stone, as selected by Linnell George. We'll be back with more music. Here we go.
hear Sly Stone, I really do think about、uh, being a little kid on a schoolyard on an asphalt、uh, playground.、Um, On the jungle gym, or you know, on the merry-go-round, and you know, hearing this music that was blasting out of people's houses and out of their cars,、um, and our my the let's see, it was forty forty eighth in Wilton. There was an elementary school I went to, and our schoolyard was very multiracial. And I remember when I saw Sly and the Family Stone probably for the first time was probably on Soul Train, and I was looking at them and I was like, "Wow, they're like my, they are like my schoolyard, you know? They're you know this multiracial,、uh, multi and and also the way they self presented. I mean, it was just this sort of like fantasy of like, well, let's just put this all together and then and just see how it goes. And that's what L.A. felt like then.、Um, and so that's when I. When I hear that music, I I hear a sense of hopefulness.、Mm, amazing, yeah. yeah, it's there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And driving around LA to and from school, or doing errands, or going to the beach, or you know, at, at home, was the radio on a lot? Yes, the radio was on a lot,、um, and we all had our the stations we parked on, and、um, I listened in the morning to、uh, KGFJ, the Soul Station,、mm-hmm. which was. Then turned into the Cat for a while, and then K Day, of course,、um, when they started broadcasting.、Uh, my mom,、uh, total jazz fan, and was you know KBCA that which then turned into KKGO.、Mm. So, and on Sunday, she would always listen to、uh, the Latin jazz shows,、mm. and then she also played a lot of Latin jazz on Sundays. So she'd pull out her LPs and.、Cool. Um, so yeah.、And、would she play along ever to to the radio, or was it、That's、separate?、Um, that it was separate,、um, but sometimes she'd be inspired by something、mm. she heard on the radio, and try to go and like kind of work it out on the keyboard. Was there peace at home with the radio dial, or were people vying <laughs> for、uh, control? Definitely vying for control in the car. Yeah. D- my brother and I, especially,、uh, and、um, but then sometimes my parents too. Like enough of that stuff, you know. Love、mm-hmm. <laughs> that noise. We want to hear whatever. But my mom, she really loved listening to what we listened to. Yeah. And maybe that was also part of her being a teacher and and a musician. But、um, I think she liked to stay on top of things.、Mm. Yeah.、So. What was the the kind of the the spirit of the radio that most attracted you? The either pre- specific presenters or, or、mm. just the 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 style, and it's、yeah. it's different now. I、But、mean, things have changed. It is different,、um, and I think I'm still I still look for that experience.、Um, two things: one, personality. I was drawn into personalities.、Um, I used to listen to J.J. Johnson on、uh, K Day.、Um, if I think back, and Kate, and oh. I just loved. I love that platter patter, you know,、uh, between、um, songs. I I was just listening to. There's a there's this great、uh, YouTube video of one of the KGFJ DJs just between music, and he's doing the weather, and he's doing、uh, ads, and it's just magical looking、yeah. at this. And it's a time capsule from the '70s. So that I was always pulled into. But the platter other, patter, platter patter, I love that. <laughs> And the other thing was、um, traveling on the radio and being able to go different、mm. places in the music, or it, or 
into different communities, it would make me like, oh, I'm curious about this artist. And that would mean that I would be going to a different venue, you know, and meeting different people. So radio's capability of doing that and like kind of pushing us outside of what was familiar. Yeah, powerful. And I love this uh, meta exploration of radio on the radio right now. Yes. (laughs) So um, you floated my way. Young Americans by David Bowie. <laughs> is this something also that would be on the radio? And and, and what yeah. station would, would this have floated out on? The significance of this song, um, and I was thinking about this because I was asked to pick a record a, while, a little while ago that was significant in that it kind of opened a door. Mm-hmm. This is for Heat Rocks, right? This for Heat Rocks. Yeah, great was, podcast. Uh, Morgan Rhodes was on uh, on this show. While back, and she's uh, incredible. Yeah, it was such a great afternoon. I could have, I told them afterwards, I could have done this for hours. Um, but the reason I remember this, this, I heard this for the very first time on KGFJ, and it was a big deal to hear. It was a crossover, but crossing over the other way, you know. So it was a quote-unquote pop artist mm-hmm. going soul and fame was of course the first song I heard because that was the one that was the hit yeah. but then they started playing this and it just sort of pulled me like who is this David Bowie who is this David Bowie who is this David Bowie let's find out okay. it's Dub Lab with Linnell George Here with Linnell George, we're floating through some uh, some memories connected to to music and uh, LA radio waves uh, coming back to you. Did some David Bowie, followed by War, and you're right. That's uh, War is uh, is LA radio and and has continued through somehow. One of these survivors uh, that is still floating on the airwaves and so true, incredible. <laughs> So um, we were talking a bit ago about uh, After Image, Los Angeles Outside the Frame, and I see these beautiful pages have (laughs) fluttered open. They have fluttered open. Would you like to read a a little passage from the book? I will. I'm going to read from a chapter called Flow, which is about moving through space here, Mm. since that's what we're doing, space and time. And it's also about being a native and about, uh, or being a long timer here and the complexity. So let's, uh, let's hear it. Okay. Flavor. Sometimes when people ask where I'm from and when I respond, Los Angeles, I can see something pass through their eyes and on the fly calculation at work. Really? You don't seem like it. It's always meant as a compliment, but it's one that irks, hangs in the air I spent years trying to sort out the proper retort, only to conclude that it doesn't deserve one. Ever since I can remember, the response always varies or modifies, and it is a matter, a manner of assessing the way in which L.A. exists and changes in collective imagination. If Los Angeles, if Los Angeles itself is ever evolving, being an Angelino must be something that, by consequence, is too not fixed. That it is, 
an identity in flux. What far more interests me is how Los Angeles exists in our own imagination, influenced by that perception, how a sense of place affects and shapes us. TV beams in weekly scripted scenarios, movies seduce, but so many of us who grew up around narrow narratives of place work against or away from that. We're not all chasing the round the the next Ben dream, but often we are the fruit of those who came in search of it. For us then, the kids who lived in those off-the-radar places, on the map, a dead-end street, below the 10 or over the bridge, finding your path, your way, and finding your terrain, your tribe, and your heart. These uh, spaces in L.A., I mean, Los Angeles, as you mentioned before, you weren't seeing your Los Angeles on, on, on film, and, and it's, hard to, it's hard to capture the true essence of L.A., mm-hmm. and, and it's shifting block by block by block, yeah. and some of the best things are happening behind the scenes, behind closed doors, and are very community-based, right? which exactly. is incredible. I love this idea of like catching that, that, that momentary glimmer in someone's eyes or expression because <laughs> humans can't hide as much no, as they think they, they think. can. <laughs> There's these little uh, uh, even squints of eyes and these yes. things that, that tell so much. For so long, yeah, Los Angeles was was nothing or was a joke or right. was you know yes. bubblegum or yes. something in people's eyes and, and ears and minds. Um, yes. But... I love the fact that that you're calling that reality out in in writing. Um, and Allison Anders, who's sitting back here, who's coming on the show next, also has, uh, you know, uh, uh, brought a lot of truth of Los Angeles to the screen. And I think it's rare so that true. those kind of true narratives are are showcased. Um, did that embolden you in as a writer to to really try to bring that? to the forefront? Oh, absolutely. And when I talk about like these images, these things that we needed to see in mm. order to change, finally things were showing, you know, there were movies and writers and I, you know, and I think about Allison's work, mm-hmm. how important it was, you know, to me, you know, because like, okay, these, these girls, I recognize them. I went to school with them, mm-hmm. you know, um, these, it was finally like, slang and backdrop and uh, again that sort of like just elusive sort of way LA is like just the that powdery light sometimes that comes through that because the air is we're going through a period of you know May gray or June gloom so Mm -hmm. you've got that kind of watery quality to the air and only an Angelino, I think a true Angelino sees that, those yeah. things, those subtleties. And that's the stuff that is really important yeah. to me. It's like, okay, that's my home. So there's been a, a, a influx of population. I think some people, it can be attributed in a way to, it's almost this like Instagram magnet of people framing their <laughs> lives and then saying, wow, it's like, yes. you know, if you're in New York in, in, uh, uh, April and you see a photo and there's, uh, you know, Bougainvillea and, you know, magnolias right. and all these things blossoming, right. it looks appealing, but people are framing their lives. And that's a frame that is also 
this imaginary yes. kind of slice of, yes. of a moment. Yes. So the true LA is beyond and transcends all of that stuff. Right. And it's hard to, to capture, but you've done such a great job through various essays and your body of work, Thank building you. this alternate kind of uh, true image of Los Angeles and also a reflection of your own personality and where you're coming from your experience. But part of your experience is not only Los Angeles, and we touched on that at the beginning, Um, this connection also to New Orleans, Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, et cetera. Um, It is possible to have many places in life that are important Mm -hmm. to you and that you feel connected. I always feel that tell people Los Angeles is the best place to live, leave, and return to. Mm. And mm-hmm. it makes you appreciate it, but it's it's the shifting of perspective that kind of gives clarity, I feel. Right. Um, you've selected some music, and mm-hmm. I've got, I've got a, a Billy Paul ah, yes. tune uh, lined up here. Can you uh, tell us a bit about the significance of, of this song? That song... I talk about schoolyard and radio. Those bring it together in L.A. Yeah. It's We had moved to a different neighborhood, different school, and we were integrating that neighborhood and school. And there, I think it was one of the very first times, you know, I was really thinking about uh, what difference was and race was. And, um, and there were other... Um, African-American students there, or I should say black students, because what we're going to listen to is about that identity. Um, But I thought about how important music was, especially then as an anthem of like solidarity and Mm. reminding you of like who you are and what your culture is and that it's important. And was this, was this something where you'd hear a song and that, that was something that you kept to yourself and personally or or as as an anthem of self-identification, did you ever say, okay, I want to play this for other people so they understand who I am? I think once we had, we found, our, we found each other, our little group of mm-hmm. friends, I think we played it, um, black students, we sort of played it as a, yeah, as kind of a moment of solidarity. Mm-hmm. We'd turn it up on our, our Panasonic toodle loops. Platter patter toodle loop. Platter patter toodle loop. And listen and give it. And then we would share with everybody else like, oh, OK, what's going on over there? <laughs> We're going to share this uh, portal into the toodle loop with you. Linnell George, special guest here on Celsius Drop at StubLab.com. Here comes Am I Black Enough for You by Billy Paul. saying you uh you felt some extended energy in the room here yes that was my mother's in the room right now because this was a record that i literally i literally grew up with and but first hearing her sing this song and i thought it was a song she made up (laughs) she might have and she you know she'd play the piano and she'd sing this and then when i finally heard it like hey that's my mom's song Mm, amazing Was she typically, as she was playing the piano, um, playing known songs or, or improvising a little bit of both? Um, she'd do a little bit of both. She played, known, she played known songs, and she liked to keep up her finger dexterity and her skills. So she practiced well into, I mean, my teens. She was, and it was sort of a model for both of us, my brother and myself, um, seeing how, like, 
okay, you know, you do this and it's something, even though you're not playing in public, yeah. something you do all the time. It's Amazing. part of who you are. And she was bringing in different, uh, you were saying she was listening to Latin jazz on the radio and digging the, the New Orleans sounds right. and heritage. Um, but all, the the jazz in Los Angeles right. has also been strong and, yes. and overlooked in a way. I yes. mean, there's been so many incredible talents who are from here, who've come yes. through here and spent yes. time here. Did you immediately know that, that that was in the air, that that had existed historically here, mm-hmm. or was it a, a, has it been a, a discovery, a rediscovery? It's funny. Um, I just finished writing a piece about Central Avenue, um, uh, about Jack's Basket Room, ah, uh, cool. and uh, the fate of Jack's Basket. So you'll have to mm-hmm. read that in Ulta Magazine. Um, but it, I remember my neighbors um, talking about Central referencing central mm-hmm. in the clubs and what was there and then of course when i became a reporter then it was an excuse to talk to people so mm-hmm. i actually became um more i guess educated about it through my discussions ongoing conversations with buddy colette um cool. the jazz musician who was responsible for um, helping to move the amalgamation of the music musicians union. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buddy talked a lot about it. And that's how Central lit up for me. And I began mm-hmm. to learn about who stayed and who left. And so figures like uh, Charles Mingus, for example, who grew up in Watts and went to New York and made it um, bigger. But Watts was part of who he was. And mm-hmm. he wrote beautifully about that na- those neighborhoods in his autobiography. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of migration from the South absolutely. to Los Angeles, absolutely. a lot of folks from Texas, New Orleans, yes. and, and bringing, you know, it's, it's people bring their past with them right. and, and then kind of Los Angeles is a place to kind of then insert those feelings and thoughts and ideas absolutely. And, and places like Jack's basket room and, and all these incredible, uh, spots. It was, a, it was a hopping, incredibly vivid yeah. place. Let's float into some Mingus. This is uh, you've right. brought jump monk here. Yes. Anything you want people to, to uh, have in their minds as we launch into this? One of the things as a child, I was fascinated with the language around um, some of these records that came out, um, this idea of a jazz workshop. Mm. And that's what this sounds like to me. It sounds like you can feel them building and putting things together and taking chances. And of course, it's an homage to Thelonious Monk. Mm. So we're going to workshop it a bit here. Mm-hmm. We have Linnell George on the airwaves. It's dublab.com. You. Are you uh, a, a person who who loves listening to music as you drive? Yes, and uh, especially when I'm moving <laughs> in traffic rather than sitting. Sitting, but sitting still. But sitting helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, music helps when I'm sitting too. But but this idea of driving at night and moving through space mm-hmm. and listening to music and mostly um, instrumentals and soundtracks and atmospheres. You know, that's 
yeah, I, I take off. You know, and I, I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> What's good to do a little dreaming while you're uh, while you're moving and and kind of uh, scoring the landscape in a way. You know, I feel like Los Angeles has that the dynamics of, as you mentioned at the very top of the show. You know, this idea of the the mountains and the the ocean and everything in between. Right. Um, the grit, the glam, the grit, the glamour, <laughs> and everything else. And uh, you've done such a great job, again, you know, sharing a slice of Los Angeles is very personal, but also speaks to a lot of people here kind of giving voice to the reality that that's that's here that people, you know, don't know how to express maybe or they're expressing through their lives. Um, and I want to just give a, another little shout out to, to your most recent book, After Image, Los Angeles, Outside the Frame, a collection of essays and photos. And I'm so thrilled you were uh, you were in uh, residency at the Huntington um, in the Octavia Butler archives, yes. Pasadena, Pasadena. Um, uh, genius. Yes. Uh, and this new book, uh, the name alone uh, is uh, pulling me into a handful of dirt, a handful of sky, the world that made Octavia E. Butler. Mm-hmm. When uh, when can uh, our eager minds uh, look forward to this? I'm saying 2020. Beautiful. That's a good. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> nice. That seems futuristic. Yes, fitting. Uh, <laughs> I think she would like that. <laughs> Wonderful. I can't wait for that. People can also uh, follow you online, linnellgeorge.com or possibly in slow LA traffic. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Many ways. Thanks. I'll wave. <laughs> thanks for being here. Thank and you And thanks for, for doing what you, what you do, all the great creative things that, that, that you bring to us. So. Thank you. And thank you for doing the work too. I mean... It's a joy. It's a joy. And that brings me to the fact that it is the Dublap membership drive. <laughs> if you're out there listening in the world, visit dublap.com. We do this once a year and uh, we urge you to become a member. It's painless. It's easy. Think of the last thing you spent $10 on. It's probably a trick because you can easily forget that thing. Even the moment after you suck your latte and your uh, stale scone down, <laughs> it's gone already out of your mind. But Dub Lab exists for a lot longer and is here for you at any moment, 20 years strong. And we'd like to be here for 20 plus years. So visit dublab.com. You're probably already there. Become a member now. In Conversation was produced by Dublab, a nonprofit radio station broadcasting live from Los Angeles since 1999. Sound editing and theme song by Matea Bain. For more programming, visit dublab.com. And thank you for listening.